0: Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Today's episode, we cover bottle stories. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Wellman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. Alright, so what's a bottle story? It's a story that focuses all the action into one setting. Uh, These stories can appear in all media, but typically TV serves as the best example. A bottle episode... Uh, we usually take place in a controlled setting, so it's a set that typically the audience has seen many, many times. It's used regularly on the show. Um, also in TV, the number of actors is usually kept to a minimum. So, that's that's generally what what you'll see in a bottle episode. So, uh, that's what we're talking today. So, let's get at it. The first thing
1: that comes to mind is Community, and mm-hmm. which what that was the first time I was introduced to the bottle episode. But apparently, it dates back to like the sixties. Okay. But um, comparative calligraphy is <laughs> the one I remember most fondly because it deals with the cast of community in the iconic spot, which is at the table. And there's a situation in which uh, one of the members loses a pen and they use the whole time to figure out who stole the pen, if in case it was stolen. OK, but at no point do they ever leave the uh, the study room. The study room. Thank you. The study room. And, and they make a meal of it with, okay. with, with everything they do. I mean, they go from everything from arguing individually to stripping their clothes
2: Right. In order to okay. make episode looking for uh, this pen,
1: looking for this said pen.
3: <laughs> also in the episode uh Pierce played by Chevy chase has cats on his legs from a trampoline accident <laughs> in an earlier episode. Yes. So they accuse him and think that he has put the pen down his leg to scratch his leg. Uh, okay. Okay. So they actually, spoiler alert, remove his cast (laughs) 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 to try and find it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a really good one. I I think it's the first place I actually heard the, the idea of a bottle episode thrown around with like this specific term. Right.
2: Yeah. A lot of like bottle episodes started as a a budgetary thing. It seems Mm -hmm. in its earliest incarnations was that, you know, a show would have so much money per episode, but then if you could make one episode cheaper, then you'd have more money to spend on another episode and make another episode more special. Right. So that's where that all kind of started. But as it went on, like some of these bottle episodes that people were making on the cheap, they would start to try to make do more clever stuff with. And then it became a thing of its own where people would go in for just a bottle episode and be like, I can't wait to do this one. Like the creators would really get into it to see like, as a challenge, what can we do to make this episode special with less money. Right. And then you also make another special episode with more money. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it did, it did kind of become a thing of its own apart from just budget, which is interesting. And that's when you get, I think things like community that really started to play with it and it started to become a more commonly known thing.
3: Yeah. One of the other episodes besides, um, the cooperative calligraphy, one that Tommy mentioned is that, community does the flip side of that which is called paradigms of human memory mm-hmm. which is an episode that is supposed to be like an old time clip show right where they're basically right. like the old the old days it was one of those things where it a bottle episode but it would just be hey you remember that time we went to I remember the time when so-and-so did this and they would show you like bits and pieces of old episodes right yeah. and it might not even have all the actors the principal characters in it yeah mm-hmm. community did an episode like that except for the fact that it was all stuff that the audience had never seen before in the clip show
0: right <laughs> right and right.
3: they and they talk about in the in you know various actors and actresses talk about in the um in the commentary that like they had to go to universal studios for one particular shot like yeah. they had to get which was them like on, on a fake lake
2: Right. You know, there's right. one
3: where they're building houses for human, uh for Habitat for Humanity houses that they didn't, you know, they didn't, we never saw before. There's one where they have right. um, a meeting with the cartel. That's funny. Tommy, what's some of the other ones? Do you remember? Uh, I remember the Old West one. Oh, yeah, the Ghost Town. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Like the Brady Bunch vacation to the Grand Canyon. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they meet, they, they, meet,
3: was it like, a, uh, Troy mentions the fact that they met an old prospector who was like um, old time Disney racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's how they coined. That's how they coined it. And he's like, he's like that. Yeah, that guy made us found, you know, found new ways for us to hate ourselves. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. But yeah, that was a great one because it's it's an exact flip. Because I remember as like, like being a, like being a kid and seeing like an episode of Happy Days in in syndication, and that would be like the, the, one of my favorite episodes is because they would just jam pack it full of stuff. I'm like, oh, I remember that one. I love that episode right. where Potsy sings <laughs> to Joni or whatever. You know, or, or they have the, the, you know, like there's like a, uh, you know, it's the jump to shark moment. They'll show that kind of stuff or the dude ranch episode of happy days. Yes. But yeah, trying to save money, you know, trying to yeah. save on your budget was definitely done. That was another way that was done a lot of times. Well, too. That's,
0: that's the funny thing about the, the community ones that you're talking about. So it sounds like, like the, 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 the one that Tommy brought up the one that's like, actually, <laughs> you know, the, a bottle, bottle episode. episode, right? You know, very well could have paid. For <laughs> right. the one that you're talking about, that's like the flip of it, which typically, yeah, that would have been what a bottle episode was, is those clip shows. But, right, yeah. but, but we're, we're making a joke on it where we're, we're, we're playing with the fact that all these memories are stuff that the audience has never seen before. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like an expensive episode. Sure well the f- I, 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 very much so, Because yeah, again yeah. they were like
3: they were all over, like they said they wouldn't had more was the most you know they were they basically had to keep up with the script about where they were because it's all stuff they've never been before, and it's only snippets um again, Troy has one of my favorite lines, and he's like he's like every like they they he punctures the the raft that they're in, you know they're all soaked, and he says something along the lines of everyone knows from cartoons if you puncture the back of a raft, it makes it go faster
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I've
3: seen it. Yes, I've seen it too. But um, yeah, they, well, the funny thing about it is that, you know, Abed is, is a character that is one of those characters in Harm and stuff. And he does it a couple of times in different things. Is, is a character that's very much aware of the fact that they are in a show of some sort. Mm. You know, and th- they, they play with the whole convention of whether or not Abed, you know, whether Abed really knows or whether he just, you know, ha- he, there's, something, there's something off about him right? throughout the series. But at this point, he does mention the fact that, oh, we're doing a bottle episode. Right. And they, and, and, you know, they tell him, come on, let's not, let's not talk. We talked about talking about TV conventions in real life and it just doesn't work that way. And then as things escalate in the episode, Jeff gets pissed off and said, fine, clock all the doors, close all the shutters, call, close all the blinds. We're doing a bottle episode. Right. And they start to search for the pen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it, it, the term itself, bottle episode, is something I've, I've heard really not all that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the, the idea of them I've tripped over many, many times in my TV and comic book and, you know, just years and years of, ju- of just taking in content where I, mm-hmm. I remember a uh, Rod Serling interview I had seen where he talked about Twilight Zone and, and his, you know, th- th- there was a bit of this to what he was saying where he was he was like, sometimes we would do three in like three, like very, very conversational, almost like play. Episodes in a row, mm-hmm. and those three episodes bought like the high concept, like big set piece episode that we would do that every that everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. We just sort of like like what Clifton was saying. We just took the money that we saved up on those three because all we all we really had were, were you know one one set piece and just a couple actors. And so you know, in the big scheme of things, like that episode is relatively cheap compared to one where we have to build like this you know a, a spaceship. Right, right, and get makeup and and stuff like that. So that that was in, in in hindsight, that was kind of like the first time I had heard the concept of of, of the budgetary component to the bottle episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I, not necessarily
3: in a Twilight Zone, but um, Night Gallery is on, and we talked about it for and, and stuff that scares the kid episode. But Night Gallery was on like Antenna TV or MeTV, one of those. So I, I, I you know DVR'd a couple episodes just to watch them. And there was a funny thing where that I that I didn't really think about at the time, but now that I think about it more, was an episode had a was kind of like had a couple of vignettes and it ran short on time, mm. and they just had like a two minute bit, and it was the only time I ever saw it in like the run of episodes that I watched. But it was a little thing that I thought, well, this must have been added on so as to not have to fix the script or to you know to redo something else, and it's and it's, <laughs> it's literally like a two second bit of um, a guy dresses as, as, as Dracula, you know, goes from a bat to being a Dracula. You know, to being Dracula in this in this room, and goes to bite this woman's neck in her in her bed, and she picks up a sign and says, "I gave it the office," and that's <laughs> that's the whole bit. Right. And I thought clearly this is done because they didn't want to have to doctor the script or whatever last <laughs> minute.
2: They just came up short. They yeah, just came right. up short.
3: So no, I, when I think of, like I don't, it's not so much bottle episode stuff, but along those lines of budgetary stuff. I remember when, um, again, listening to the, the commentaries on shows. When I remember when Doc Hammer and Jackson Public were talking about Venture Brothers. And often they would say, hey, we, we were doing this episode and we wanted to use a song. And before we know it, we had overspent to get a song. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: And then they would have to like, basically do stuff on the cheap for the rest of the season. And it's <laughs> right. not, so like, not so much like we got those bottle episodes because it's, it's animation. You could do obviously what you want. But there was definitely moments where they were like, oh no, we, we, we spent our entire budget on, <laughs> on right. like, a tech, like a Technotronic song or the lyric, remember,
2: in that one episode. Or, or like a friend by Pulp. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Which is yeah. the finale of season four. That's the one right. I was thinking yep. <laughs> of. Yes. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. camera loves pulp, man. Yeah. That was that was an instant buy for him, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> yes. But that was the thing was they couldn't they couldn't do other things they wanted to because of budgetary stuff. So right. they'd overspent.
0: Well, and that's that's a key thing to point out too, is that budgetary restrictions in live action TV and budgetary restrictions in animation look different. Mm-hmm. They present themselves in different in, in different ways. So so
2: um so I can think of one animation that that does do a bottle episode completely like you would think of for live action. And that was Sea Lab 2021 going mm-hmm. back like almost 20 years ago in the second season of Sea Lab 2021. There's an episode called Fuse Box mm-hmm. where their power goes out in their underwater sea le- uh, research station. Mm-hmm. And the entire episode is just an exterior uh, establishing shot of the, of the sea lab compound. And you just hear dialogue from inside Uh, where nobody can see anything. Most of it, there's like eight minutes consecutive of just the outside of the sea lab (laughs) and hearing these people have a conversation inside of it. And it is hilarious episode. Right. I mean, it comes off totally like a radio show at that point, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like they didn't have to spend a dime on animation. Yeah. Yeah. They already had that establishing shots. That sounds like a
0: true, true bottle <laughs> episode. Because in animation, you, you, your your budgetary issues are are the number of new designs you have to do, right? Yeah. Typically, that's what it is, right? How many, how, you know, if there's a crowd shot in animation, how many different people do we have to design for that crowd? Every single one of those is a, is, is a drawing by an artist that has to get a, approved and da 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 and that's very taxing, right? So, mm. so uh, you know, a cheaper episode for animation, you know, that's not the C Lab episode that you're talking about. Is is one that would typically you're going to see backgrounds that you've seen before, right? right? It's going to be the actors generally that that are are around, you know. But it's
2: not necessarily it's not necessarily only in one place, right? Or um, like a clip show, often in animation as well. Like Frank was talking about yeah. the live actions which was an anime trope, an anime version of a bottle episode would be a clip show halfway through a season or halfway through a series where it would be like a little bit of like, here's what, here's the setup. Here's the, the, the reason we'll be showing you these clips. And then here's a bunch of clips of stuff you've already seen up to this point in the show. Right. One of my favorite
0: versions of that was the clerks animated series mm-hmm. that did it as their second episode. Right. <laughs> right. They did a clip show, their second episode. So the clips were, were, Clips of the first episode and clips of the second episode up to that point.
4: Right. So,
0: <laughs> so it was, it was like, you know, locked, locked in a freezer episode or like, you remember that time we got locked in a freezer and you flash back to it, to when mm-hmm. it happened or like, yeah, we're still in there.
4: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes I, 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 admire sort of the, the, the creativity that it takes, um, a common trope that you may see in a lot of this is is especially in live action since you're since you're fixed in one spot, they tend to be more character driven right and and your stakes and and your is is typically a little bit more conversational it's it's more characters interacting where the interest is is coming from instead of you know the main thrust of the serialized plot right it's it's taking Mm, a break in a sense from the a plot the main thrust of everything and it's sort of like we're focusing on a smaller moment that's just kind of building tension between these two characters or these however however big your regular cast is
2: yeah i think that's one of the things that it's kind of evolved into where it was just budgetary and then when people started figuring out like oh no like we can actually still do things of value with these bottle episodes and save money. Right. I think they started realizing like they could put story beats in there that wouldn't quite fit in other episodes that would still advance the story. Like, like the character moments you're talking about. Right. I think it's just one of the evolution, evolutionary stages of these bottle episodes.
1: You mean like example is like, um, unfinished business for Battlestar Galactica. You remember that Mm -hmm.
2: one? Yeah. Which one's that one, Tommy?
1: It's the boxing one where, um, Starbuck is fighting, um, Leah Dama. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah okay so you remember yeah. but it's almost not the point because there's flashbacks of other things but going with what Zach was saying it's mainly those two main characters hashing out their differences and what they don't like about each other in a boxing match right
2: yeah that's the meat of that episode season three episode nine because I was yeah. just thinking about this one too Tommy yeah and and the setup is that they reinstate their old martial law of like few <laughs> like they can settle things by pugil fighting yeah <laughs> by boxing so they, everyone sets aside their rank so anyone can fight anyone with no repercussions about yes. you know rank and discipline and stuff so they all take off their dog tags and lock them in a box before this thing starts so then everybody's the same rank or no rank and so you can have officers fighting enlisted and you know a subordinate fighting a superior officer and and it's all good And, yeah, I mean, Adama, uh, yeah, Lee, well, Lee Adama, Mm -hmm. Apollo fights Anders first. No, not Hilo. He fights Hilo Hilo first and loses and is going to quit until Starbucks shows up and eggs him into fighting her. And then he then he gets back into the into the fight. Right. And then it's them beating the crap out of each other. Yep.
3: (laughs) All I have to say is Mary McDonald's a hell of a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so she was there watching though like her yep. character
2: was a big yes. boxing fan she was, was like i want to see these fights
3: i mean i figured it was stands with you know being stands with a fish you would have got in there and mix
0: it up but no they <laughs> don't fun. let her fight nothing like inflicting head trauma On the onto present. the entire crew <laughs> as a way of like working out your problems with each other yes yep. right.
2: yes <laughs> It's a great episode.
0: It is a great, it is a very, very good episode. Yeah, it's a fun and it, it, it weirdly kind of a fun one, which yeah. which is which is kind of a through line for all of these is that is is in most cases there is there is a fun quality to all of these, you know, but in also some cases they contend tend they, they're also somewhat polarizing episodes. So so the big one for me that I think about uh is the Breaking Bad fly episode.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Which is. um You know, the setup there is, you know, it's uh, season three. uh, So it's when they're when they're in the lab working with with Gus. Right. So the whole episode takes place in that lab, which is a regular set piece. And at that point, Walt is kind of going through some bouts of insomnia. And Jesse shows up for work at the lab and Walt's already there and he's been cleaning stuff out. And then they see that there's a fly in the lab and Walt refuses to start cooking for the day until they catch the fly. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is like, you know, top to bottom your definition of bottle episode. One location, it's in that lab the whole time. It's just, you know, it's just Walt and Jesse. You know, and it's and it's just an interesting, you know, like where they are episode.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean that no, one not make it. sense. I just hate it. But <laughs> go Well, no, but that, but that's exactly so that that that's
0: my thing. And then and then I you know, in some in some circles, it's really really critically acclaimed, and people are saying like it may be the, s- the single best episode of Breaking Bad ever. And other people like it's the worst one ever. I hated that episode, like yes. Tommy, right? Yeah. But I mean, I it's also that. an
3: episode that introduces stuff into the into the, to the quote unquote mythos of Breaking Bad that they never ever come back to. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that Walt is it the idea that Walt could be losing his mental faculties along with the fact that he's yes. got cancer? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it,
1: it yeah, it brings that back. You're right.
3: It does. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where they don't like I think I remember who, it might be Jesse talking about his aunt or somebody that's yeah. talking about the that she no, had. It's, it's in that episode. Yeah. Okay, it's in that episode. Okay, that's right. Okay. But
0: but that's but that's one of the things I like about it is is that single action of them going after the fly mm-hmm. through through is is you know, there there's different layers to it, depending on the point of view that you're at. Right. Right. On one hand, what it's doing for Walt, is it's showing his increase for uh, his, his increase in, in how obsessive he's becoming about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that, that like, they're, they're not going to do anything right. Until this one little, you know, seemingly insignificant, you know, aspect <laughs> around them is taken care of and right. how control freaky he's getting. And how right and and um, and then on the flip side of that, it's Jesse looking at him going, right, like like that is the point where he's talking about his aunt, who was also you know had cancer and was losing her her you know mental faculties, faculties. as as it went mm-hmm. on, and was thinking that this may be happening to Walt over here and and it was kind of putting a little bit like, is the fly real right. throughout the episode.
3: Yeah, it kind of. It also kind of reminds me of an episode of Buffy called "Normal Again,"
4: mm-hmm.
3: in which um, Buffy fights a demon, gets like kind of like doused with almost like fear gas, like a scarecrow fear gas type thing, and she basically is you know starts to believe that she's actually in a mental institution and she's imagined everything that she's been sent to see uh, oh, uh, into yeah, deal. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. But, Interesting. And it's and it's one of those things where it's an episode that again it, it's kind of divisive because people feel the same way. It's like well they bring this all this up and it's kind of. Wizard of Oz ish. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the idea that, you know, that this happens, that the real world really is her, what her, you know, her mental state is actually, you know, she's losing it's her true. mind inside this mental institution. She's been there about six months and everything she's imagined or she's gone through in, in Sunnydale is, is just, you know, imagined or, or, or a product of her, of her, you know, of her situation in this mental institution. And they right. never, they never ever, you know, come back to it. But it's also one of those things where it's definitely played as more than just a, Oh, she had an hallucination. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. I mean, I I remember watching the fly, the, the fly episode, thinking the same thing where it's kind of like, well, it's cool that they're doing this, but you know, then, yeah, they don't just use a,
1: it to their advantage.
3: No, there's no, there's no ramifications from it. I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. But, uh, another, actually that brings up a different example using the same faculties, but different. Remember, uh, I don't know if everyone's seen Firefly, the out of gas episode. I think it's mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a five, very good one. Eight, in which Malcolm Reynolds, mouth hallucinates due to the lack of oxygen yes and they use that as a as uh points to see how they how that led up to that moment where he's um alone in the ship struggling to find a way to make it go while no one's there okay but it's definitely a bottle episode because it takes place only on the ship
3: oh yeah basically it's that they're they're running out they've run out of literally run out of gas right yeah and he sends, in, he sends them off and he sends them off an escape, but one of them in the escape pot, like in their escape ship and one is in an artist shuttle. And um, he's the one there saying, no, no, I'll be, you know, you, you guys are survival. We'll you know, figure something out or I'll get this part. And in, in trying to get this part, he ends up getting gut shot. So not only is he running mm. out of oxygen, he's also gut shot in the ship. Lead now. But it also, like like Tommy was saying, it flashbacks or shows you other times when, like basically how everyone interacts, intersects, intersects with getting on the ship. Okay. And it's a good it's a good one. But I mean, it primarily
0: takes place in and around the the Firefly. So what was your guys feeling with the Buffy episode and the Firefly episode? Because because I I have not seen those two. And I, you know, and I remember thinking back to the Breaking Bad episode. There was a huh. Like, what is this episode aspect to it? And so did you guys feel that with the Buffy and, and Firefly episodes?
1: With the Buffy episode, definitely, because it takes you out of what you're normally seeing and change the characters a bit to make you to make it feel like it was all not real. In a sense, mm-hmm. Right. it was very disorienting as opposed to the Firefly episode. The Firefly episode, what made that compelling was it was just a, a story told out of um, sequential order in mm-hmm. which every scene that you saw led up to more answers to why would Mao. In, in fact, the episode literally starts off with Mao alone on the ship. Bleeding out, passing out. So mm-hmm. you're you're left wondering, how could this happen? And through the struggles of trying to make the ship go from the lack of gas or out of gas, you find out as time goes on. But it takes place literally on the ship for the most part of the uh, well,
3: damn near all the episode, I believe. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the Buffy episode was just kind of like, oh, well, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. I wouldn't go too far as say it's the filler episode. Right. Felt like it. But it's an episode that you're like, you know, a lot of people really glommed on to it. Kind of like, again, going back to venture, it reminded me of Escape from the House of, the, of Mummies,
4: mm-hmm.
3: where, you know, where a lot of it was. I mean, I, I love that, love that episode. episode. That's a great episode.
0: Yeah. You know. Say but the whole title, though. Well, uh, go Escape ahead. From, <laughs> Escape from the House of Mummies Part 2. Right. And there is no part one. Right. <laughs> so
3: it's an episode that that a lot of people just again got very you know upset. twisted up in their own axle about the idea mm-hmm. that well, where's part one? why don't we and it's not there is no part one um you, you just come into it cold and then you go with it and either you accept the fact that you know all this stuff is happening and you're reacting to what's going on or that's you know or you get very upset about the fact there's no part one but um no I, I just thought it was like it was a you know it's not a bad idea. it's just something that's never going to be fully. You know, there wasn't moments where like you had a you know a, a moment where the world sort of dissolved away and Buffy's still in the mental institution. They just never come back to it, right?
0: Well, the Buffy one seems to be also like because because we're saying in this episode or we're hinting at you know none of the show is real and it's all in her in her head, mm-hmm. right? And so it is it is intentionally supposed to shock, I think, a little right. bit. Um, and and I think. The fact that Mal is bleeding to death in the Firefly episode, I think that it's interesting that sort of like the main thrust of tension comes from two completely different avenues. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Which is which is why I have a soft spot for these episodes. I like kind of the experimental nature that some of these take on. Right. Right. Um, I'll, I'll bring up one of my favorites. I say this without an ounce of, of irony in my voice. Uh, there's a Friends episode in season three, mm-hmm. which is funny because it's season three comes up a
2: lot. Season three may be the <laughs> season everybody decides to try this. Uh, right. They want to start swinging big, but that means they need to do <laughs> some bunts right along the way. So there's one called the one where no one's ready, mm-hmm. right? And this is this. Is, I
0: mean, Friends is a is a hugely set bound show to begin with, right. but this episode even more so. This episode is all in. Monica and Rachel's apartment, right? And Mm. the idea is that Ross pops up in a tuxedo and they're all going to some museum benefit that he's being honored at or something like that. And, and, and they're all coming and nobody's ready. right? Right. And so the quirk on this episode was that they, it was a, it was a real time episode, right? So, so as, so Ross throughout the episode is like, we have, we have like nine minutes until blah 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 right we have and he's counting it all down and Mm. that's sort of i think the gimmicky like experimental aspect to it but this episode though i mean like you know no central perk you know uh, joey and chandler at some point go to their apartment to change but you don't see them go to their apartment they just walk out the door and then come back a few minutes later in different clothes so this is completely like i could see we're like okay the budget for this episode is like wardrobe and this one set and the actors and that's it Mm -hmm. you know but it's a good episode i think
2: i feel like i read this one was actually really well received and like that it was so popular that it drove the friends creators to keep doing it every season after Mm. we're like every season after they were like oh like what can we do with a bottle episode this year Okay. Okay. it became kind of a a, a recurring thing for them because that one was so popular or so well received. Yeah, This one is really strong.
1: Um, That's funny. I've never seen that episode, but Jay-Z does one of his videos paralleling that episode in which there's black black actors and actresses play, you know, the key roles in it. And it's yeah, actually, that's funny. I've never seen the episode, but the way you describe it is exactly the Jay-Z video that I saw. So it must have been a great episode, or at least yeah, that memorable on that level.
0: It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's a sitcom, so it's, you know, the tension is not, it's, it's not, you know, there's no, there's no moments like in Breaking Bad, like in, like in the Battlestar episode that we're talking about, where it's like, you know, characters hashing stuff out, right? Like, you know, these sitcoms create a problem and solve the problem in the same thing. And then nobody talks about it. Typically, nobody Got talks it. about it in a future episode you know so yeah when
3: you when you were talking about favorites i thought for sure you were going to talk about seinfeld no yeah i thought so too i thought for sure the chinese restaurant episode was going to be the thing that you talked yeah. about yeah I, yeah i thought i, I
0: thought I exactly do, so. i do like that one and i think that one classifies but what's interesting about that is that th- that's not a a regular set piece for them no it's they, not they they right is. they never they never go back to that restaurant again Sure,
4: because it was a terrible. Show. Yeah, but it was a um, bad experience. It's a terrible experience.
0: Uh, sure, sure. No, no, no. But I mean, but but the, the, but there are some shows where, like, even even if it's supposed to be a different space, you can sort of see the architecture of the set being the same. And that's sort of my thing with that episode is that, like, the Chinese restaurant, it's there's no set that ever looked like that again. True, right? But the, I mean, I mean,
3: I guess, I guess the the thing is, is like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, but at the same time. It is an episode, other than Kramer, that's the, the, the three, you know, three of the main principal characters in it. They don't leave the, uh, the restaurant, right. um, you know, for being, you know, again, it's one of those things for a show that was supposed to be about nothing. It was, again, it was yeah. a pretty heady concept that the idea that you don't leave that restaurant for it the was. entire tw- 22 minutes. Not everyone, would, not everyone would do that or was capable of doing that. Yeah. Especially back, back then. It's a great episode.
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it, for for me. I mean, I know if you if you search online, you know, best bottle episodes. This will come up right. for me. It's not one. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, uh, it, it, in the true sense that, you know, yeah, it qualifies that it's in one spot. But like I said, like it's not all in Jerry's apartment. True, it's not all right. And there's and there's a lot of extras in this episode. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, there's a sure. lot of like extra people in this episode too. That um.
3: Well then, okay, then what about, what's what's the one where they're in the in the parking garage? Is it would you call it, I mean again, it's it's technically it's a bottle episode, right? Right. But it's not it's not because it doesn't take place in in the apartment or, or monks. Sure. Therefore it's not a
0: bottle episode? No, I think I think it I think it qualifies, sure. Okay. Like I said, okay. but it but to me like like I associate it with like if it's a live action thing, it's got it's got to be a spot that we see often. Right? You think so? Mhm. Because I have two examples. From, if, if 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 the budgetary if the budgetary aspect is going to be is going to play into it, I guess I guess well, that's, that's the caveat to it. But these are both early episodes for Seinfeld too. That's the interesting thing also. Because mm-hmm. what comes to mind is Atlanta. Are you a fan of Atlanta? I've still not
1: watched it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's there's one. It's another example of an episode that I hate, but people love it because it's. I, I don't like it, but the. Um, Six episode of the second season, t- Teddy Perkins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so it's cringy It's super Where, creepy, but it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's I a great I episode. Say, I won't say too much about it, but it has probably the the most the smallest cast out of any episode, bar none. And it takes place in this big, big, big house. Yes, and uh, again, it's not a set that they've used ever or will ever use but it's mm-hmm. basically just a, a interaction with the strange individual. And that's the whole thing mm-hmm. from top mm-hmm. to bottom. So, I mean, no, I didn't want to spoil it at all. Just in case you get to uh, see it. Cause when you see it, you're going to be like, you'll be very disoriented when you see it, because it won't be anything that goes on with the overlying plot. of it.
3: One of the things I love about Atlanta that never really gets talked about is the idea that much like say bone or, or Mickey Donald and goofy,
4: Mm-hmm. The,
3: the three ma- the three main characters the guys are all very archetypal mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. imagine like the goofy archetype just being in the creepiest situation possible
1: <laughs> and that's it because that's,
3: that's that's what it is right you would, yeah, you would that's say exactly what it
1: is he plays the straight man
3: for for that one episode when he's
1: not he's never a right. straight man
3: no because i would argue i'd argue that that i'd argue that Urn, um donald glover is, is your mickey character yeah i can see that and that and that um, paper boy is, Donald. is your Donald. Yeah, is your Donald <laughs> easily, easily, and Darius uh, Lakey Stanfield is your is your Goofy. Yeah, <laughs> he's the wild card that you don't you don't plan for. Or if you if if you want a, more of a comic book reference, if you've ever read Bone by um, Jeff Smith. You know, again, it's it's Phony Bone is is, is Paper Boy. Um, Phony is no, is it was, I can't remember. Phone
2: Bone is it the main Phone one? Bone. Phone Bone. Yep.
3: Yeah, is the main character is your Donald Glover character? Um, it's Earn. And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, was it Smiley Bone is, is Keith Stanfeld or mm-hmm. goofy. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then phony is Donald the Paperboy. So again, yeah, <laughs> yeah again, it, the main thing is just the idea of like the, 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 kind of goofy, kind of funny, but incredibly wise character is stuck in this, this really creeped out situation. And it's not, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it's, again, I agree with you too, that it's an episode that while it doesn't take place in, you know, it's not the couch that they sit on, or out in the field, or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or, the, or, or Don, at the uh, paperboy's apartment. It is a, an episode that literally takes place in one setting for this entire episode. So, entire episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's one part other than him driving there that's it. Yeah, that's what Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> that's 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 the only other person that doesn't sit with the episode. And then, you are you a, a Sopranos fan, Zach? Uh, I like knowing it's there. <laughs> there's one episode
3: you ever see pine barrens no what are you talking about is that the one where they lose the guy in the woods is that that an episode title okay Okay. yeah that's the episode i'm
1: trying to think what season it is because it it doesn't come. it's late it's pretty late it's very late i want to say it's fourth season i would think so yeah yeah but it's 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 a great episode because (laughs) it's something that takes it out of the context of the whole season Mm -hmm. but it's something so simple as a, a, a hit going wrong, mm-hmm. and it and it it takes place in the woods of Wallplay. <laughs> I would it's argue, it's,
3: I'd argue it's a little
1: bit Coen Brothers, wouldn't you? Oh, it's extremely Coen Brothers,
2: like some Miller's Crossing thrown in, just kind of like a lot of hats like what, blowing around. Is there no <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: no no one's calling, no one's no one's giving anyone a high hat? No one's yeah, talking right. about the shimada. <laughs> no, this is more along the idea of like there are people that are good at crime, there are people that are awful, and then there are people that are just bad at crime. Yes. <laughs> okay. And it's one of the things where normally guys that are competent have a moment where they're just not competent in what they're supposed to do, <laughs> and it, like it's supposed to be. It's just oddly. It's again. I think it's very a very Cohen brothers episode of. I don't remember who wrote it. I don't know if David Chase wrote it or not, but it's a very Cohen esque brother, a Cohen brothers esque episode of of Sopranos.
1: Mm. Yeah. So,
3: but I know I, the only thing that stood out for
1: me before I saw was Steve Buscemi directed it, but he's not. Nah. He's definitely not in it. Hmm. That's why I call it the, That's why I'm pretty sure it's the fourth season. But it's just it's so left field what happens. It's almost comedic. No, it's definitely comedic what happens for a yeah, serious it's, show. That's yeah, it's all about comedic. mob violence and stuff.
3: Yeah, for sure that, that that had funny moments, but it wasn't a comedy for sure. Yes,
0: but that's that's a perfect um, that's a perfect illustration too of what some of these episodes also mix up is that they can also be they they could be sort of like the tonal. Uh, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, they they, they could be a tonal shift for the show, right? Like we can yes. we can explore, right? Like Sopranos can explore comedy <laughs> for this one episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Well, I think I think a lot of times is um, from a standpoint of like of story structure, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like the the denouement, the, the denouement. Some is another way to pronounce it. It's just that it's the the piece at the end that sort of like gives you a break from whatever's gone on. And you sort of have a low moment. Not that you're not learning new stuff about characters, you're not having new stuff happen, but it's before you get back to the rising action of whatever the next arc is.
2: Right. Yeah. It's the calm before the storm. Right. Yeah. Right.
3: Well, I mean, or, yeah, or it's just like the storm has just passed, or they've just gotten mm-hmm. through stuff. Like for me, one of the one of the places that I that I recognize it in comics that I that I thought happened and did it really well was in, in Ostrander's *Suicide Squad*. Mm-hmm. That you would have, you know, a, a main story arc, and I was looking at the numbers of the issues, and he did it like it looks like every 12 issues or so, like it was kind of like issue eight of the first run was a thing called the, the, the personal files. Right. Right. And basically it, it would be a moment where um, somebody at Bell Rev, usually it would take place at Bell Rev, but you could have, um, you know, with comics, you have the same, you don't have the same restrictions as, as like a live action, but you would have a moment where it was either, um, you know, father Kramer or one of the other psychiatrists would have like little vignettes or little moments of talking. It's almost like a debrief after the last mission. Right, mm-hmm. And they were always like, they were always some of my favorites because you had stuff where, um, you know, like I said, you would have moments where like someone would, someone would there was a, one of the doctors that really was kind was of blurring the lines between the boundaries of, what, of her job and what she felt for Deadshot, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, Deadshot doesn't really, you know, at that point, didn't obviously care about <laughs> anyone else other than, you know, what the next hit was or what right. the next job was. And you had moments like that, or you had like the moments where I think it's either the beginning. For a while in the book, they had an ongoing thing of um, someone was pying people in the face.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and it was a mystery as to who it was. And that, I think, starts in one of those personal files. So, everyone's kind of pissed off of who it is or who it could be. Um, another great one is where um, after, uh, after they fight the female Furies, a character called Duchess shows up. And Amanda Waller confronts her and says, I know full well who you are. And I don't want, if you haven't read it, I don't want to spoil who it is (laughs) because it's pretty cool. Right. Um, But just little, like a lot of little character bits. And it was always stuff that happened like after a big mission or, you know, they lost people because it's suicide squad. So generally someone would, one of the characters wouldn't make it back or whatever, or a couple or however. Um, I think after the, the big mission to apocalypse, because that one's pretty, that one's pretty, (laughs) You know, they lose a lot of people on that one. So again, I think that one ends up with it with a pretty good personal file after that. So that was like the Ostrander did it really well in that book. Other books tried to do it, but I don't think I think the best example is that one.
0: Yeah, they kind of. You, you, you've you you've set me up to go two two directions that I want to talk about both, but I but I'll, I'll stick with comics for a second and that it's mm. comics. These these kind of stories kind of uh, they're. they're You'll find them in longer runs where you have a single creator on the book and it's mm-hmm. usually like they kind of will fall like in between arcs. Right. Right. Um, so they'll still happen these days, but I mean, you know, it it, it does necessitate a, a a singular creator to be on the book for for a long, long, long time to have sort of these um not expendable issues, but but, you know, just, just to have the breathing room where I can devote an issue to this to this one thing. Right. Right. You know, um, and yeah, Suicide Squad is 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 a great example of that. And I think Ostrander is a good judge of, of pacing and when to put it in. Right. Um, one of my favorites is Ultimate Spider-Man 13. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that you. one is that I mean, that is also kind of a true bottle. Story as well because that is all that's all in Peter's bedroom, right? Right, but it's it's just it's um, it's just an awesome setup of of you know, Peter has been Spider Man for twelve issues at this point and gone through a lot of crap, (laughs) um, and in this version, MJ is his best friend and, you know, he invites her up to his bedroom and he's trying to get the courage to tell her that he's Spider Man. Because the the you know the 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 logic here is like, well she's my best friend, why wouldn't I tell her? Right. Right. And it's it's just like a a, a nice uh conversational issue, which you know, some people like him for it, some people don't like him for. But I think that's that's one of Bendis' strengths, is sort of just build, building a, a story around just the conversation mm-hmm. and the different avenues that it can take. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say the only
3: other, like one of the other instances I noticed when was um, when Wolfman and Perez were on New Teen Titans. There's a couple instances early again early on where it's like um, issue number eight is a day in a life, mm-hmm. and basically it's again it's after the first big story arc. You know they've they've come together. They've they've you know they've done the first uh, the first arc, and then the, the, that's kind of like a an issue where they're you know the Titans are doing different things. Um, you know you have a bit where um, Cyborg is in the park and he meets a, he meets Sarah Sims who's a teacher and he's afraid that he he goes basically go, he goes to, to like to shag a stray ball and he's afraid that with the way he looks now he's going to scare a kid and then he realizes the kid has a prosthetic too mm-hmm. and he meets Sarah Sims who's a teacher and they start to have a relationship and it's one of those where it's a nice bit that you wouldn't get probably in the middle of them facing something in central park at the time so it's one of those like you get little moments like that there's not a lot of action and i think there's some stuff with like Changeling and his stepdad um, Mento Steve Dayton mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a while since I've read it, but like that—that's one that I remember. And there's another one that's like around—I think it's in the early, maybe the early twenties or twenty, where there's one where Wally, um, Wally West, is writing a letter home to his parents in Blue Valley, <laughs> and basically it's talking about what, what? No, all I could think of was hello, mother. Hello, <laughs> mother. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. He's away. He's away at New team Titans camp. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, the idea <laughs> being that. He's writing these, you know, he's writing to his parents again about like their daily life and it's a slower, you know, it's a slower issue and it sets up some other stuff that's coming up. Like it's a, you know, a setup issue, but at the same time, there's not a whole lot in it that's, that's like their normal thing of like, they're not fighting them, um, Gizmo and the rest of them or, or, or the, the fearsome five or, or Trigun or anything like that. It's just kind of a quiet, slow moment before things start to ramp back up again.
0: Yeah. No, I think mean, that, that's, that's one of the, one of the favorite things for me. Out of these mm-hmm. is is the slower character driven moments, but the other thing that you kind of set up a little bit when you brought up Ostrander is is the placement and sort of structure of where these go. Mm-hmm. And so I'll bring up Avatar: The Last Airbender here because they've done a couple episodes like this that kind that that kind of act as a, you know decompress episode calm before the storm episode kind of thing. Right. And I think I think that, th- that they've done some very, very good ones. And I think they've done them very, very well. And they've done it in one occasion where I think it doesn't really hit the mark so much. And so I'll bring up two. the one that I think that was done really well is the one that's right before the day of the black sun. These are in season three again, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the other rule that we left out is that bottle episodes have to be in season three. Uh, right. <laughs> but it's before the day of the Black Sun invasion that they're that they're going to do, and the whole episode is is like Ang trying to fall asleep mm-hmm. to get rested, right? And he just like he can't calm his brain, he can't right because he's he's nervous, he's freaked out, right? And I think that that one is done really really well, and it flex all kinds of of you know it, it's it's heavy in moments because you know he's got he's got the weight of all of these you know all these people in the free world. <laughs> you know, mm. defense against the fire nation, like writing on this and it, but, at, but it's also very funny, right? And right? It's goofy and it's got a whole bunch of, you know, uh, nods and homages to other anime <laughs> stories and stuff like that. No, but no, I agree with you. It, it
1: centralizes um, on Aang's um, anxiety over doing this thing that he's, is what's been led up to this and believing that he can't do it or can he do it or if he's prepared to do it, does he need to train more? All all types of stuff runs through his head, and right. it's depicted in comedic ways, if not um, surprising things that he would think about before the battle. Right. Yeah.
2: Is that the one where they see like actors putting on a play, playing them and all the adventures they've been on before? No, no, no. That's the other one. That that's 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 no. Island players. So, so that's the one I'm getting to now. Right. That that's.
0: That's the one that, in my opinion, I think doesn't work. And that's simply because of the placement of where it falls in the season. <laughs> that's it. That's the only that's the only thing about it to me that I'm just like, I, I think. The, the previous one, the, the that I'm talking about before the day of the Black Sun, like that's a calm that makes sense to me. It feels right. It it, it feels necessary. It feels appreciated there. The Ember Island players is one that falls it's the episode immediately right before the last four episodes that are all kind of strung together, Mm -hmm. right? There it's, it's like a loose four part episode, (laughs) you know, that's the finale. And I think the Ember Island players is, is to, to set it up. It's, you know, team avatar, the gang that we've been with this whole time finds out that there is a traveling, uh, performance group that's been doing, the history of the avatar right as, as, as a theater show mm-hmm. right i feel like i'm not setting this up well but and <laughs> so they decide like to, to to relax before <laughs> tell me huh no i just said <laughs> it's
1: because you don't like it well <laughs> yeah that's and
0: so it's so to it's so to to relax before the big epic conclusion of the show they go to this theater and they're like just like oh like let's go see what they're saying about us
4: Right, right. Yeah. So
0: they go see it and then and then you get it and you, you, your help, you're, you're giving a lot of like Clifton was saying a lot of stuff that we saw like reenacted by other air quote actors in the show mm-hmm. <laughs> that are performing it in front of our cast that are playing that are that are making jokes about stuff and kind of, you know, doing little in jokes as far as the production, like Toph being a giant guy. Right. Because that was yeah. that was a production note that he that Toph was originally thought up to be a big muscle bound male character. And then they re-envisioned <laughs> it to be what we got.
1: Right. right. Yeah, But but it sort of plays to me when I see it. I like it because it plays off of the same thing what you said earlier, but just in a larger faction. I mean, I could remember the episode vividly because it starts off with Sokka being the comedic guy of it. And he's trying to bring the tension down based upon what they need to do. And he's, and he's telling them, this is the kind of goofy stuff that I look forward to. Right. So they go along with it through his enthusiasm. <laughs> and it's not completely a farce, is what they envision. As they see the play more, it builds deeper into each person's anxieties and thoughts based upon the scenes. It's almost like a flashback scene, but mm-hmm. different like what Clifton was saying. But you get the meat of what a character was going through at the time that it occurred. Right. You get um, um, Aang being upset how he's depicted and how he's seen as weak in the world. Mm-hmm. You get um, Toph showing the strength that she always thought she should be and it was a meta theme to show that that's what they envisioned her to be in the premise of the show but they changed it. But you really get an intense look at the anxieties of the group and what they're facing almost to the point that they question is something they should be doing based upon how the Fire Nation looks at it. Right. yeah, they're saving the world, but from they all, all of a sudden we get the Fire Nation as not the enemy, right? As a, as a group of people who justly believe and they're right in the position of the world, so to speak. So that's why I like because it works on so many different levels. But it looks at what the anxiety that Aang went through from sleep sleep deprivation and spreads it throughout the cast of Group Avatar. Yeah, and that's
0: why I like. No, I, I I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I mm-hmm. uh. I, I think it's well done in all, in all of the ways that you're bringing up. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think it's in the wrong place. Where would you do <laughs> for me? that That's, that, that, that's my thing. And, and, you know, we, we should, we should let everybody know, which we will not go into as much, but, but Tommy and I have had some epic yeah, three hour phone conversations about, about yeah. this episode alone. Yeah. my 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 critique of it and and I will stay I will say I think it I think it's a well done episode, and I mm-hmm. appreciate everything it's doing. I just think where it is, the episode before the last four, before the conclusion of the show i th- I think it's kind of cold water thrown on you It is right but it, I, yeah. I just, like it, like it's 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 decompression in a spot that I don't want it, because you've built up all this pressure now. Mm-hmm. going into the finale and I'm like yes okay I'm ready I'm, I, I want it I, you know let's see where it goes I want to see the fight I want to see the epic and then it's like oh but we're going to take this really quick detour that's a quasi clip show that does that does do, do some interesting things as far as like you know where the characters are now versus where they've been and I appreciate that I just think I think the way that we got it in the place that we got it I think could have either been sold to me in in a in a way that I think kept up with the stakes that they were building up. Or I think that they could have just had that moment somewhere that wasn't immediately right before the ending. Yeah, but a lot of what
1: they're going through was anxieties. Um, if they to me, if they put it anywhere else, you want you would have wanted resolutions to certain things that they were thinking about by doing it that way, it pushes them forward as characters to have it in their head but not outright deal with it like for example the one where um Zuko was upset of how he left things with his uncle that was depicted in the course of the play and he and then Toph was the voice of reason right. as to bring him down because that was something that was sitting in their mind and they could address it without actually having to build a story around it, it as opposed to like the episode with Katara previously in which they finally give you resolution as to her anger with the Fire Nation and about her mother. Because if you notice, that's not mentioned at all because it's resolved. Right. That's yeah. what I see it as. And some of the stuff that was mentioned there, it, it just builds, builds the emotional resonance of the characters. But I didn't need them to do a whole episode around it. I think it was nice chop up. Uh, hey, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we're going to make a fun clip show about it before we give you the uh, culmination of the series. Right
0: yeah yeah. i mean yeah i mean we're never going to convince each other about it Oh, not at I, all, just, not at all. <laughs> yeah no i you know we just we, we 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 like it for the same reasons and we like it and, and we don't like it for for different reasons for you different know what reasons. i mean we, yes. you know what i mean like it's yes. yeah it's um but you know you guys have anything that you want to add to it before before we start closing out i don't say the funnest ball episode that i came
1: across was community with um I think Frank will remember remedial chaos theory. Oh yeah, yeah. The fact that you can do a ball episode and do different takes, mm-hmm. to, and still make it an overlying story.
2: That was the one you we I think we had talked about this one in another episode before. Where yes. yeah, it was like the pizza delivery. Yes. Like where yes. the pizza delivery meme comes from, and like yeah, how reality would change depending on how certain things went. Yes, and yeah, they but- would keep redoing it.
3: Yeah, basically, a roll of a die would make a person have to go get go to the door to get the pizza, mm-hmm. and as a result, it would they would basically change. it Would basically, you know, Abed was basically points out the fact that you're create, every time Jeff rolled the dice and sent somebody else, he was creating a new timeline. Okay, and as a result, yes, the time you know, people things would change. The, the 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 outcome would would change. It's where the the, the meme comes from with with the fire,
2: right? <laughs> right. Yeah. walking in with the pizza. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: love that meme. It's a great meme. <laughs> Okay. That's it. That's
3: all
2: I'm in my chest.
0: Okay. No, I mean, good. I'm, I'm glad we got it in there because I know you guys love that episode. <laughs> it's That's great, a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we'll start, uh, we'll start closing out. Um, so we will each go around and we'll, we'll name a show or a comic or, or you know, franchise that we, that we would appreciate uh, a bottle episode to be inserted that we never really got one for. So, but first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is Just please, however you're finding us, don't forget to like it, subscribe and leave us a review. Finally, if there's anything you would like us to discuss, be sure to leave a topic suggestion on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials. L M K H I I. All right. Who has a show that they want a bottle episode for or a comic? I keep saying show, but <laughs> can I say WandaVision? Absolutely. I say WandaVision. Only okay. because
1: the episodes came fast and quick, and that was it. If I'd have gotten a an episode, it would have been something about one of the main characters that had nothing to do with the overline plot of Wonder.
3: Okay. I can see that. A little chance, of, you know, and again, it would have fit in with the TV theme as well. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good spot. I think that that would have been a welcome, yeah, to play around with
2: the clip show. hmm Yeah. Oh, that was a good idea. That would have been fun. I know people would be happy with a bottle episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier that was just an hour of Sam and Bucky fixing that boat. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people on the internet would have loved that to be a bottle episode, just them fixing the boat for an hour.
3: Yes, the, the be- best friend <laughs> fixer uppers. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, f- I feel we got one with um, Zemo dancing. Yeah, I was going to say, with the, <laughs> the Zemo, Zemo cut, cut? Like, oh, Yeah, that's, Yeah,
2: that is true.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Zemo cut. The Zemo cuts, yes.
2: Clifton, was that yours? Uh, no, that was not mine. Okay. But it is one. It is one that I would. Yeah, I would. I'm glad. For, I would gratefully accept. I would take it. Okay. Gotcha. But uh, with some uh, Marvin Gaye playing, and <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know. But like I was thinking, Young Justice in the latter seasons, just because Young Justice has been uh, yeah. for the, the last couple of seasons so plot driven. Uh-huh. Yes. That yes. there's not much breathing room like we got in season one where we would get some in the episodes. Like Mm -hmm. I would like to see just a, just a sitting around the house episode in, in young justice with the original five, like with the originals that are still around. Right. And just kind of like recapture that, that season one, which they do a little bit in an episode of of season three with some flashbacks and, you know, mind games and stuff. Mm. But like I would just like one where it's it's like for real, just kind of relaxing and seeing some character bits. The
1: only thing in season three that felt like that in Young Justice was the one where Batman shows up and with the Outsiders. I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. not to say it was one, but that's the only thing that just stood out. Like really, just the Batman episode is what we're getting. Sure,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't. Th- I, I, I. I I agree completely, Clifton. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't my choice, but thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, Young Justice season three, I think, which I love, I think, could have definitely had used an episode to give everybody, like, a, whew, okay. Right. <laughs> you know,
1: like, ooh, I, I have one that, Zach, you could definitely use. Okay. And it would have been a season three. <laughs> it would have been a season three, right? <laughs> it it's the um, Infinity <laughs> Train. Okay. Just because it's like, bam, bam, bam. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no room to breathe in that, in that series.
0: Yeah. No, there's not. It's dense. Yes. It's very dense. Um, all right, Frank, you got it? I do. Okay. I got one.
3: I was thinking Justified. Okay. <laughs> okay. One of the things I loved about that series was the fact that every now and then in the show, you would get moments between um, uh, Raylan yeah. and um, Boyd. And there was, you know, they have those moments of, it was almost like, um, and I don't want to ruin the show for anybody because it's well worth watching still. I mean, it's one of my favorites, but you would get moments of, oh yeah, we have a common we have a common background that we share. And one of my favorites is the one where they're having the standoff in their old high school.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's nice.
3: And they talk about the astronaut. Hey, you remember when the astronaut came to school? Oh yeah, I remember that. And they're on uh, basically on opposite sides of a barricade and they're basically... <laughs> They're basically trying to get this one guy, Raylan's trying to protect him while the boys try to get him, and also on top of that, the mobs try to get him too, right, Tommy yeah, no, it was a great, yeah, that's a great bit I would, yeah, you're right, I forgot about that episode i mean I just i mean as much as I, I like seeing the two of them go at you know go at each other, there wasn't enough of it was almost a, a superman and lex thing for me with the two of them, where it was kind of like they had the smallville connection, and that was like the basis of their of their thing, you know, and they had a mo- you know they had moments where they recollect you know they recognized that no, we had a common ground at one point, but we're not there anymore. And then you get like a little bit of dialogue or a little bit of, you know, of, of interaction. And I thought just to have them once have a good conversation. Yeah. And see where that would have gone from there. Because really you don't get that because it's only just like small bits or small snippets. No, you're right. So that's, that's, yeah. that's my choice. Okay. I like, like to see a throwback episode of them
1: digging
0: coal or mining coal. That's what you want yeah, to- I would, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure, yeah.
0: sure. For sure. Justified out of left field. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Good choices. Mine is Spectacular Spider-Man. Okay, um, which you know my, my setup for this is is I would have liked something uh, that that you know my my idea was that like you had a surprise birthday party for Peter at his mm-hmm. house, right? So okay, so we don't have to redesign anything there. We have that that background we can reuse, and all the characters. So all the characters are there for Peter's surprise party. And of course, Peter is late because he's off being Spider-Man. And I think that it would have been cool to see the time spent while everyone's waiting around for him to have MJ and Liz and Gwen and Flash and Harry, like everybody kind of talk amongst themselves about Peter Mm -hmm. himself, but also like their experiences with Spider-Man. And so I think it would be cool that you can kind of get the thoughts of the rest of the cast about peter and spider-man in his two different lives and how and how they all stack up with each other i just thought it'd be kind of fun i like that so that's mine and if it ever got a season three you could do it there Mm -hmm. so all right so that's bottle episodes so listeners we want to hear from you let us know your thoughts on bottle episodes as always we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on let please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you guys next week thanks for listening